Hello, friends. It's Jim Nance, and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, guys, as we now get into Florida Swing, getting full momentum here on the PGA Tour in that part of the season here, early March, and it's Bay Hill Week this week, of course, Players' Championship the week after. I've got Colin Swatton, who is an expert on both golf courses. Let's see. His player, former player, uh, Jason Day, who he coached and caddied for, won at both Bay Hill and the Players' Championship. So let's get into the, the nuances, of, especially of the, of the players of TPC Sawgrass, amazing insight that you get from Colin Swatton here. He is now on PGA Tour Live. You hear him as either a walking commentator or he's a commentator in the studio. So he does a lot of roles. He's still out on the PGA Tour. He's teaching at Berkeley Hall, which is in Hilton Head, uh, where his wife, uh, Lisa, and he lives. So a lot going on in the life of Colin Swatton. This guy, I must say this. You need to under, understand this before we get started. Colin Swatton has talked about when your player becomes number one in the world, you have to keep speaking to them the same way, especially under pressure, right? Just just be that rock. You know what? I can attest that Colin Swatton has been the same guy that I met in 2013 at Pebble Beach at different events, right? That he was the same guy then as he was when his player was number one in 2016. Remember when Jason Day was going crazy? So it really speaks to his character. So anyway, we'll get to this here with Colin Swatton. Before we do, Encore Golf, check out the three golf balls, one truth with Encore. Technology matters. Golf is complicated. We all know that. Choosing the right golf ball for your game doesn't have to be complicated. Encore's three-ball lineup covers the full spectrum of spin, trajectory, and compression to ensure your golf game is completely dialed in. And with their direct-to-consumer model, they have the golf ball to fit any budget. You log in now. Check out their website, EncoreGolf.com. If you use my promo code B, the letter B, Clubhouse, you get 10% off with orders online. All right, let's get to it. Colin Swatton on Beyond the Clubhouse. All right, I'm pleased to be joined by Colin Swatton. You've known him over the years, former caddy and coach for Jason Day. Analyst now for PGA Tour Live. He's been doing that for a few years now. And Colin, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Well, it's good to uh, it's good to be on your show. Really looking forward to uh, the podcast. And uh, like you say, we haven't really caught up for such a long time so I almost feel like I'm sitting down with a buddy of mine that we used to see all the time on the PGA tour out there with Jace yeah it's funny I, I can distinctly remember talking with you at the St. Andrews in 2015 you were talking about the carry distance of the two iron of, for J Day and he, he was such a weapon there in the wind remember in 2015 when you guys almost won at the old course or even remember 2016 when you guys got the you got the pin flag at the TPC Sawgrass because you guys won the players and how special that was for you. What a big moment that was uh, in your career. I guess, you know, let me start with that. How, how special was it to win at TPC? Oh, it's, you know, it's the players championship. Ultimately um, they say it's one of the toughest fields in golf, um, you know, given that major kind of flavor 
Um, you know, you've got, you know, the four majors and then you've got the players championship, which, you know, is sort of getting touted as potentially that fifth major. Um, and I think it is a tough field. Like obviously you've got to have played well to get into the, the players championship. There's no invites really given, um, you know, it's not like you can qualify for it or anything like that. So, you know, when you stand there late on a Sunday afternoon and you've got a, a you know, a putt to, to win the, the championship and then join the illustrious winners of that event, that it's a pretty, it's a pretty special accomplishment. And, you know, to be a part of that, that week with Jason, I know that two iron that you referenced, um, you know, at the end of the week, the player has to actually give something to the club so that they can put it in, in the, the, uh, the walls of the, uh, that clubhouse. And Jason was like, I'm going to give the two iron. I'm like, no, don't give the two iron away. <laughs> like the secret weapon. We still got lots of lots of tournaments, but um, the good thing was he. I think that's the club that he uh, that he did donate, and we got another one built. But um, you know, it just it was one of those things that he's always been able to hit that club really, really well. We've tried to put you know week five woods in. We've tried to put rescues in over the years, and and just the two iron, he feels like he can control it so much more. And I'm not sure what. Shot link had us down that 18th hole. Um, but when he stood up there and just absolutely pounded that thing, he hit sand iron in. So it's got to be over 320 yards, but it just kept on running and and he got down there and obviously, uh, and we went over the number and I said, you got this. And he says, yeah, stand out of the way. I got this. And then just hit a great shot in there to, you know, go ahead and win the, the players championship. So yeah, really cool golf course. It demands every aspect of your game, uh, off the tee, short game, on the greens, everything that particular week. And, and uh, you know, he'll forever be a, a player's champion. Yes, and you, a player's champion caddy, uh, going there in 2016. You know, you talk about the courses being such a challenge and you have to have every aspect of the game. What is the biggest challenge as a caddy at TPC Sawgrass as you navigate that course? Um, well, I think, too, it's, it's, it's going to be different um, now that it's at a different point on the schedule. So it's a different timing in the season. Now, when we played, it was summer and it was hot and, you know, firm and fast. Would, yeah, the, the course played firm and fast. So now, because obviously it's earlier in the season, it's a little bit cooler, they over so with rye. The golf course plays obviously much, much different. And we used to do a lot of prep out in the desert. And then sometimes we do it down in Florida, down at the TPC. And it's not unusual at this time of the year when the tournament's on to have a beanie on and a jacket and, you know, and it can be really, really cold. So, you know, trying to hit two on 320, 330 yards or something like that is, is going to be, you know, almost impossible um, given the date and the timing of it. But, you know, I think to, to your point, I think when you get there, you know, you've, you've got to look at the par fives and really try and assess how you're going to play those. And I think most of the scoring opportunities come from that. Obviously there's a drivable par four, there's, you know, good opportunities with a lot of wedge shots into par fours as well, but the greens, you know, everything in summertime just be, was always on the edge um, because it was so firm, so fast, the greens were so fast. They have so much undulation in them, things like that, that, you know, for a guy like Jason Day that can get the ball in play, can really, you know, take his advantages when he misses the greens because of his stellar short game and, and because he's such a, a, you know, a great putter. So I think now it, it's going to be more of a premium on hitting the fairway 
because the the penalty is so much more in the rough. But mm. and then also too a, a a premium on iron play. So for me, I'd look at someone at the start of the week to say, okay, I think they've got a chance if they drive the ball fairly straight, but also to a, a premium on iron play because you have to be able to hit the ball into the segments and to the to the corners of these greens with great distance control and flight control. Um, but then also too, you're going to be tested around the greens if you don't if you don't hit the greens. So it's it's just a really good venue, and it's one of those courses that you go back to every year and you think, how can you improve upon what you did in previous years in order to achieve a better result? It's really mm. really cool. I love that. I love those courses that you come back to all the time. You know, as opposed to you know learning a new course and never playing it again trying to come back to a course that's maybe kicked your butt in the past and trying to figure it out and come up with a different strategy or an improved strategy. That's, that's the battle. Well, it's interesting coming back familiarity. We think about the fans at home watching on TV, that stretch. If they, they, if they know something, well, it's 16, 17 and 18 at TPC Sawgrass. What is that like in the shoes of a caddy coming down the stretch? Well, I think in the shoes of a caddy, it's probably worse on Wednesday when you you know you've got to try and face that shot on seventeen in the caddy tournament. The classic, um, yep. In, in the nearest the pin, but you know, as far as walking, you know, down those fairways in a chance to win, I really think it starts at fifteen. You know, fifteen is a very very difficult hole. Um, Fourteen is a tough hole as well. Thirteen, a tricky par three. There's there's lots of difficult holes that you've got to manage even before you get to the, you know, the 16th, which realistically is a fairly, um, it's a fairly softish par five, but given the circumstance and the height of that particular moment becomes so much more difficult because you could have the perfect number in there and then you're standing there and it doesn't even look like the, the pin is on the green half the time. And and this tiny little <laughs> island just sits out there begging for a ball to, to, you know, to gobble it up. But it's, you know, sit, walking down 16, you're trying to make birdie. You're trying to put one in your back pocket, so to speak. So you've got a little bit of a buffer maybe on, on 18, but then you, you start that walk. I'm not sure how many paces it is from the back of the green on, on 16 to that tee on 17, but they, it seems to come really, really quickly. And you just get there and you can, and the crowd, they've created such an amphitheater around that, that green now that, you know, that walk and those people and the crowds just start cheering and chanting. And it's, it's really spine tingling. You know, I've been in some big moments at big events um, and the crowd roars there at, at that, when you approach that T on 17 are, are crazy. And then you just, all you're trying to do is get a, a beat on the wind because you don't feel the wind on that T because, because Stadium. of those big tents and those stadiums <laughs> now. So, you know, you're trying to get a beat on the wind and um, because really the green, the, the actual surface of the green is actually quite large, but where you're trying to land the ball is actually quite small. So the difference, uh, and that's what makes it, you see so many balls in the water there, is that if you feel, if you said the wind is hurting by five or seven yards, but where you're trying to land it is only seven yards deep or 10 yards deep, and you happen to get that wind just a little off, or they maybe, you know, squeeze it a little bit more and hit it a little <laughs> bit firmer, that's why you see so many balls that sort of hit mid to, to three quarters of the way back on the green and bounce over, or they come up woefully short and spin back in the water is because that landing zone is so, so small. 
Um, and also too, it's, it's just so hard to get a beat on the win. Mm. Well, it's interesting. You talk about as you're there on 17, the, the stadium, the fans, how do you keep your player calm as a caddy in that situation? I think the biggest thing as a caddy in an important situation like that is to just do what you've always done and, and to try and use the same tone of voice, the same way that you put the, put the information to the player, um, try and keep everything as, as consistent as you possibly can, because that consistency breeds um, for the player. It allows them to feel comfortable. Mm. And it's when you start Suddenly it's like, oh, oh, you know, it's 145, but the wind's over here. It should be over here. That's when they can sort of feed off that. And I always felt in bigger moments that I was really conscious on saying, you know, hey, it's a 145 front, pins on 10, that's 55. We've got a little bit of wind into and from the right. That's another five. So you could sort of push it over there and then you'd have that little discussion about, you know, hey, is it the chippy eight? Is it the firma nine? What are you feeling? Do you feel a little bit amped up? And you just go through your normal process. And then that way the player feels like he's just hitting another shot. He's mm. not happening. He's not <laughs> hitting probably the most important shot other than the tee shot at 18 on the 71st hole. You know, that shot just needs to feel like, hey, it's a driving range nine iron. Let's go ahead and hit it. There's our start line. That's where we want it to finish. Let's go ahead and do what we do best and, and just keep that player calm you know, make sure that they're obviously drinking water you know, on that walk over, maybe have something to, to nibble on, something to eat, just so that they feel that they can, you know, go ahead and execute the shot that they need to hit at that, at that moment in time. And, you know, that's what it's about. Mm, yeah. Execute uh, when it matters. Absolutely. One of the biggest stages in, in golf there at TPC. I'm curious, what's the best score you've ever had on 17? Uh, well, or I, worst. I, <laughs> well, it's funny. I believe it or not, I've only played there once, um, and I played there. Uh, we we all went and, and played that that golf course, but we got to sixteen, and there were so many people on the golf course. It was getting dark, and we all wanted to race around and hit the tee shot on eighteen. But we hit the tee shot on eighteen. It was basically pitch black. Um, I hit the green, but we didn't finish out on on seventeen or eighteen. Um, but uh, I've I've managed to hit it on the green in the caddy uh the caddy tournament there a number of times um usually uh the, i guess the worst one for me was when we uh, we teed it up on wednesday and i'm standing on the range and i'm trying to figure out who we're going to play with and i'm looking down the line i'm thinking oh who are we going to go out with and then t dub walks down the line he says are you ready jason i'm like oh my gosh we gotta we're gonna have to hit a shot on 17 in front of the goat and it's funny, I said to Joe LaCarva, we were walking up, talking about walking up 16. So he's walking up 16 and he's, he's put the bag down and he pulled a glove out of Tiger's bag and he's putting this glove on and he's making practice swings. I'm like, what are you doing, Joe? And he's like, dude, we're going to have to hit a shot on 17. And of course I, you are. I don't, want, I don't want to embarrass myself. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So he's now getting me a little nervous that, you know, I've got to, I got to hit this shot in front of Tiger Woods on 17. So we get down to 17, Joey tees it up first. It's a little bleed cut on there. It hits the top of the ridge and slides down to the uh, the Sunday pin position. Of course. Um, so of it's course, Joe LaCava. It's Joe LaCava and he's working for <laughs> T-Dub. So of course he hits it in there tight to the, the right pin location. So I get there and I pick the club and I just clop up the dirt. You know, that's how I hit my tee shots on par threes. I don't use a tee. And Tiger looks over at me with his arms crossed and he goes, 
old school. I like it. He said, <laughs> not a bit nervous. You don't want to put it on a peg. And I'm like, Oh, oh. <laughs> so I, I just got in your head a little bit more. Yeah. I just click a little bit more and, and fluff it up a little bit more, but I was able to hit a nice shot in there to about, I think it was about 15 or 20 feet. It didn't stay for the day, but um, anytime you hit the 17th, um in regulation especially you know standing in front of tiger woods uh the day before the tournament start is fun oh my god what a, what a story i love that that's classic yeah. um i guess just one last thing on on that tpc sawgrass like what is it about just either finishing on 18 or, or just the walk itself that you that you don't forget about about tpc well obviously the the, the best walk you can have is when you you know four wins and you you know your player that you're working for is going to become a player's champion you know that's you know that's the the greatest walk you can have as a caddy when you're standing on that tee it's it's about really trying to get them to commit to the line that they need to hit that tee shot because it's a really demanding tee shot because not just because there's water down the entire length of the hole all the way past the green in fact but not just that but it's also that the shot kind of requires a draw. Um, mm -hmm. And when, yeah. when most players are trying to hit a draw, the, the mistake that they make is to try and hit it with more of the face ro rotation as opposed to the path. So when the face is too close, it starts, the ball starts on the face and then works left as opposed to starting True, a true draw, which is out to the right and then coming back. So the difficulty of trying to hit a, a, a tight draw there is if you get a little nervous or you, you get a little bit of heat under the gun, you do it with your hands rather than the path. And that's what makes that a difficult tee shot. And also too, is if you hit it too straight, you run through the fairway and you're into the trees and then you're blocked. Now you're trying to chase something up onto the green with a fairway that cambers from right to left towards the water. And so it's a difficult, it's a really difficult tee shot. So getting the player to commit to a line that they need to hit it on and be able to do that in that moment is the difficulty. And then once you get into your second shot, it's relatively straightforward that, that you can actually hit that well right of that, you know, pin position that's usually front left on Sunday. Yep. And you can hit it a good, 15, 20 feet to the right of that pin and it'll still finish inside 15 feet because of the camber on the on the green. So the second shot is not necessarily super demanding, um, especially when you've knocked it down there 320 yards or 320 plus, it's, it's a lot less demanding, but the tee shot itself is probably one of the most difficult finishing holes, you know, of a, a major championship um, style, you know, golf tournament. Mm. Well, speaking of finishing holes at a major tournament, you were at St. Andrews in 2015. One of actually my, my favorite memory in golf is being there, just experiencing it for the week. It's such an amazing place. Golf fans, if they've never been to St. Andrews, uh, Colin, uh, what would you say to them, especially the week of the open? What does it feel like to be there? Uh, you know, I, it's such a cool, it's a cool town and <laughs> And it and when you say it's a cool town and there's a golf tournament going on there, it's like literally the 18th green is in the middle of almost in the middle of town. That's what it feels like. So it is. It's it's an incredible, it's an incredible week of golf. You know, you're playing at the home of golf on a golf course that's just iconic. 
uh, and had so many great memories and so many great moments in golf. And you can pretty much walk to the golf course or to anywhere in town. Like I usually, I usually room with some guys that week and we get a, like an apartment and, you know, it's probably a 15 maximum 20 minute walk in the morning down to the, to the golf course. And then you usually slip up, you know, 18 fairway or down one and to the caddy tent you have your breakfast, get your clubs out of the storage and, you know, and you finish that night and, you know, there's, I think, I think the, my best count was maybe three pubs on the way home where you could stop in and have dinner or what have you, and then get home and take a shower and get ready to do it all the next day. But it is anybody that I say, you know, that I meet and I say, have you been to St. Andrews? And they say, no, I say, you've got to put it on your list. It is just one of the coolest golfing towns and coolest golfing courses, I think in that entire area. Um, and especially this year, what is it? 150 years. It's like, it's going to be epic. You know, the crowds are going to be insane. Um, you know, the people in the streets at the pubs, at the bars, you know, it's just going to be a really, really cool vibe. Well, when you say the people in the streets or at the bars, I think of like Dunvegan, uh, that yeah, famous Dunvegan. bar there, hotel. I mean, w- what are the people like when you, when you walk in there, it's a week of an open. I know it's, it's, it's close quarters. People are elbow to elbow, but they, they're singing. I mean, there's so much passion. What is it like for you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I've been there when there's no golf tournament on and it's still pretty cool. Um, and then I've been there obviously the week of, of the event, 2010 and 2015. But if you go, if you go to the pub, especially the Dan v- the, the Dunvegan, which is literally, <laughs> I don't know, 50 yards from the 18th green, yeah. maybe, maybe 55 yards at the most. A half wedge. So, yeah. It's a, it's a half. Yeah. It's a half wedge for sure. Even <laughs> I could hit my 60 that far, but um, you know, it's just, when you go in there, you just find people that love golf and love talking about golf and love talking about what they saw that day. It's not like, you know, it's not like, you know, at Phoenix where people are there to enjoy the festivities of that day. And oh, by the way, there happens to be golf going on as well. And even, even this year, I covered that one on, on course this year. And, and there is definitely more people going to that event now that are golfy rather than just there trying to enjoy the, you know, the 16th and, right. and everything that goes along with it. But when you go to the pubs in, in St. Andrews, people there just want to hear your stories. They just want to, you know, talk to you about golf and, and what they did in their golf game and what was important to them. And, you know, they played a nine hole Muni down the road or something like people, people there just love golf. And, and I think they, it's almost weird. It's like they get off that plane and they realize where they're going and, and that the respect and the love for the game and, and everything encompassing is just, you know, it's just a little different. It's, it's a, it's a really, really good, good place to be and either enjoy it the week of the tournament or enjoy it with family, friends, buddies, or whatever at any other time of the year too. It's a really, really um, special place. Yeah. Now, of course I get so excited about golf. I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm looking ahead to the 150th open at St. Andrews, but you have a number of PGA tour live events that you're going to be walking analyst for and, and sometimes in the studio and you've done that for many years. What has that transition been like for a coach, a caddy, Colin Swatton? How have you done it? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I had never, it had never really crossed my mind. Um, and my wife had always said to me, 
you know, we sit down and watch golf and she's like, how come you always tell us what's going to happen before it happens? And you, and it's like, well, I've just, I've been around it for so long and I know those players and I know their tendencies and I know, you know, watching them, you know, up close and personal for what, 12, 13 years on the PGA tour. And then obviously for some time before that, you sort of, you can sort of read them and you know what they're going to do and, and things like that. So I'd never really thought about getting into it as much as I enjoy watching golf and being around golf. You know, you talk about your passion um, for what you do uh, in, from a media perspective, you know, my passion obviously from a golf perspective is way up there as well. I just love the game. It's been so good to me, but you know um, I got approached uh, by PGA Tour Live at the time. And they said, would you be interested to go down and cover the President's Cup in Australia? And you know both you know both teams, you know all the players from both teams, you know all the caddies from both teams. And I just said, look, I'm not going down there this year, um, but you know, in the future, who knows? And um, so anyway, uh, I got a phone call literally a few days later and they said, would you be interested in doing some on the reg regular tour? And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. And um, they gave me some in the studio and, you know, I got to, to be an analyst um, and talk about, you know, the players, what they're thinking, what they're doing, how they go about preparing for shots, um, you know, what they did over a shot, what they didn't do well over a shot. And just to take that role and just try and hopefully give the listener some insight as to whether or not that was a difficult shot or they played it well or they executed it poorly or what have you. Um is, is a good opportunity because sometimes on TV, you don't necessarily pick up how difficult that shot is. And I think the, the difference too, and the reason I like PGA Tour Live so much is that it's live the whole day. You know, we, we watch literally three players hit every single shot the entire day. So it's not like it's a highlight reel. And I think that's what the, the viewers are really starting to understand is that when you watch golf, you're watching the good, the bad, and the ugly sometimes. And, <laughs> right. and you, get to, you get to see how these players react in those situations. You know, you turn your TV on at the end of the night and you watch, you know, the golf channel or something like that. You know, it's 45 minutes, half an hour of everything that happened in golf. And usually it's the highlight reel because you've got to highlight what that player did that, that week. With PGA Tour Live, you're watching every single shot. And and the, the good thing is we get to call every single shot. And, and I think that's really, really helpful um, for the, the viewers to sort of understand that these golfers are just, you know, they have their bad days, they have their good days and they have their in-between days and, and they can really sort of associate with that. But um, I look forward to the opportunity that they've given me. I do, I'm doing a lot more on course this year and I really enjoy the on course stuff because I think I can talk to, um, the host and the analyst in the studio more about, you know, from a caddy perspective, what the caddy and the player might be discussing at that particular point in time, you know, trying to close out an event or, you know, they've just made three bogeys in a row and now they're suddenly beyond the cut line and they're trying to struggle to make the cut or whatever. I can sort of talk to that experience, but also too, is I'm standing 10, 15 feet away at some times and, you know, I get to see their golf swings and then they can sort of, lean to me to see if there's something that that player is doing potentially from a, a swing perspective that could be causing the errant tee shots or, you know, coming up heavy from the, the fairways or catching them fat in the bunkers or whatever. So I think the, the good thing that I bring is a perspective, both from a caddy 
uh, but also from a, a, a coach or instructor point of view, I can sort of lean sort of in both directions and and hopefully um, give the listeners some insight. Yeah. And, and speaking of the listeners, full disclosure to our, my listeners out there, you and I are going to be uh, walking the grounds together at Bay Hill for a marquee group. Uh, so that, you know, we, obviously, I'm looking forward to it, Colin. And it's, uh, man, it, it's going to be fun uh, sharing the, the same property with you, buddy. Yeah, well, it's been it's been so long since we've we've I guess hung out at a golf tournament, and you know, I'm I'm sure your listeners already are aware that I love golf and I love talking about <laughs> golf, and you like covering golf, so we we make a pretty good team. But also too is that you know you're going to be able to you're going to be able to give the listeners some insight as to what potentially they may not have heard about a player or know about a player or know about a player's family or something like that. So I think. I think your role and the opportunity that um, you have to to give the listeners a little bit more beyond just where's the wind coming from, the moment in time, the shots, the score that they've got, to be able to really personalize things and, and give the listener a little bit more information on the on the players is going to be really cool. It's uh, something that I'm looking forward to. I know that. Oh, thanks for the pressure there, buddy. I appreciate <laughs> it. No, it, it'll be fun. You know, listen, API, I, I, I love the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And I love that you and Jason were the last people to win in front of the King. I mean, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. It was my first time I ever covered it. It was 2016 when you guys won. And um, how, what do you remember about Arnold um, in that year, but maybe it was the last screen. I mean, what was your exchange like or memory of Arnold in that winning year? You know, I, I think it really just goes back to, you know, the start of the week, probably for me, you know, it's you're turning up at his place, you know, and he's the king. And um, so when you, when you actually get out of your car and you're walking through the car park and you're going onto the property, onto the grounds, you're, you know, that you're at his place and that that tournament was so, so special to him and and it has been to all of the winners over that over the time but you know and you and you you hope someone you know got caught out in the you know in the clubhouse with the hat on and you know and, and arnie would you know go over there and whisper quietly like hey you know no hats in here or something because he was he's he was just that he was just what i would class as a pro's pro and just so classy so gracious He'd always take the time to talk to, you know, the caddies, um, you know, about how their player was performing. You know, if there was something in the week that we, you could do to make it better, you know, he was, he was always just, you know, so special and, and it was such a special week. And obviously that week for, for Jason, you know, we all knew that Arnie's health wasn't the greatest and, and we, we'd hope people like that live forever, but the reality is, that nobody gets to live forever but for Jason to be able to win that event in the fashion that he did and the way he put it you know put it out with that bunker shot on 18 um, and then to go and hold the putt and then get the opportunity to to spend some time with Arnie because he comes out and he drives around his car periodically throughout the day throughout the week but to see him out there in the closing holes and down the closing stretch. And then, you know, I remember saying to Jason after media and, and stuff like that, I said, I said, what was it like? And he goes, Oh, 
he's just so cool you know he's the king and i said what'd you do he said we had a we had a quiet cocktail and i said well as you do and um and i said what was what was it all about and he just said it was the coolest the coolest time the coolest memory um and i didn't want to elaborate i didn't want to ask him you know what they talked about or anything like that it was his moment he earned that moment um to be with arnie and to be by himself in you know his room and and just discuss golf and obviously what it means to be a a, a champion at the api mm. Yeah, I know that there's a number of guys, Zach Johnson and Stuart Sink and Davis Love, they always, they're always, at least when he was alive, they would clamor at the chance to get up. They wait for, for a few minutes in the building to get the chance to go in the office with Arnold and, and spend that time, you know, that um, as you were getting to with Jason, that intimate kind of setting with the yeah, kid. Yeah. And that's the thing is it's, it's like, you know, it's it, with the first time we played the Byron Nelson, obviously Byron, wasn't alive but you know it's the same kind of thing the the you have that sense that you're you're somewhere really special you know and i talked about it with obviously saint andrews but it's also too it's the same you know playing in a byron nelson invitational or um you know playing in the uh, the arnold palmer invitational those kinds of places are, are really special to a lot of people and and the golf course is a tough golf course and it's a it's a really stern test and at the week at the week's end whoever's standing on that that podium with the microphone and that trophy next to them has really earned that and you know just to have jason be able to do that while arnold was alive i think is is really really special it was a great moment yeah. And when you mentioned you feel reverence when you get to the course, it's Arnold's course. So you grabbing the, the, the flag on 18, what did that feel like walking off the property or, you know, they're off of the 18 finish? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's always, you, you reflect more, you know, at times like this, or if, you know, you're talking to friends or you're having a dinner or you're with other caddies and you always, you know, sort of reflect on those wins differently but you know in that particular moment you know for him to be able to you know get a, a really bad line the right hand side of the rough and then you've got that whole shot over the water and then he pulls it left into the bunker which that was our that was our plan was to get it somewhere up around the green especially in in the sand because he's so good from the bunker and then to be able to hit that bunker shot and then finish it off with that putt you have so much emotion so much adrenaline you know you've it, it's 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 a culmination of so many different feelings and emotions because you've put everything into that week, you know, caddying for the number one player in the world is, is demanding. It's a demanding job. Um, but just cause he's number one in the world, you don't do anything differently than you did when he was number 20 in the world or 30 in the world. You're, you're putting everything that you can into trying to prepare for him to play his best that week. And then the week of the tournament is you executing that plan together. And to know that you've execu executed the perfect game plan under you know, the, the difficulties of a stressful week trying to win a golf tournament, it, it's, it's you know, almost euphoric at the end of the week. It's just, it just drains you. You, you know, I, I would always feel so tired for the next couple of days just to, to get over it because not because you go out partying or anything like that. It's just emotionally, you know, the adrenaline, especially, you know, those last sort of six, eight holes, 
you know, you're, you're, you, you don't have time to feel anything as a caddy. You're just running on adrenaline. You know, you're oh, making man. sure they're hydrated, making sure they're taking in nutrition, making sure you're double checking every number to make sure it's right. You know, you're keeping them calm, but also looking calm yourself. There's your, your adrenaline is just, just getting chewed. And then by the, you know, by the time it all finishes, you just come off this huge adrenaline rush boom, <laughs> down and you just, you sleep like a baby. Um, and then, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, we got to go again. <laughs> you know, it's, that's why they always talk about players that have difficulty in, you know, trying to back up a win with another win. It's just so emotionally and physically exhausting for the week that, you know, you have to be a special kind of person to be able to do it, you know, back it up a win with another win. And I think maybe that's why Tiger sort of did what he did and, and created a career doing what he did, where he'd go out, win, and then take some time off and then come back out and win again. Um, just because he probably felt that more than anybody. Definitely. Well, you know, you mentioned adrenaline, that point about just, just managing all of that. You've been to the masters as a caddy and coach a number of times. You have a master's pin flag there behind you on your wall or in your office. So tell me with adrenaline, what's the most adrenaline you ever felt at Augusta national? Um, I think it was probably, I think it was probably the year that Schwartzel won and you know, you're, you're, you're trying to be the first ever Australian to win that event. And, and that's already stressful going into that tournament, you know. Because um, Greg never got it done. I mean, there's so much well, pressure yeah. on the future. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and, and you know, Steve Elkington, Adam Scott, <laughs> and Robert Allenby, you know, uh, Stuart Appleby, Jeff Ogilvy. There's so many great, and I've probably left some people out but there's so many great players that have had the opportunity to play well there and and i think that golf course too sets up really well for an australian to do well um Hmm. so i think to to have that burden as a country not that we have it now because scotty took the lid off which was good (laughs) That's, that's adam's one right there but um so I think the difficulty in, in having that burden and then that being added to the fact that you're trying to win a major, oh, and by the way, it just happens to be at Augusta where you've seen every single shot, you've seen every single moment um, f- over the years. Um, so it is, it is difficult. Probably, you know, that year was probably the most difficult because he was trying to win a major championship for a country. Um, and, you know, it is not easy. You talk about the closing stretch at the, the players championship, the closing stretch at Augusta national is very, very difficult. And I think now too, with what they're doing to the golf course, it's going to be even more difficult coming down that stretch. 15 is no longer going to be a snack. Um, not that it was a snack, <laughs> it's going to be even harder now, uh, with what the, what they've redone on that particular hole. So, you know, I think that was probably one of the, the toughest things and to see Charles Birdie for, I think it was four of the last five, I think. No, four in a row. You guys were in front of them with Scotty. No, he was in front of you guys, but you were with Scotty and you guys make birdies on 17 must make you made it yep. 18. You made it. I mean, that's got to feel amazing before yeah, it finished. That putt on 17, it, it, it's, 
it's such a difficult putt to make because it is so fast down there. <laughs> and, and you know it's down towards Ray's Creek. You know it's fast. But for him to do what he did there um, and be able to, to, to get, you know, well, at that point you're thinking like you're going to win this golf tournament. And, and then to close out on 18 um, the way he did, you know, that part is the drive, chip and putt, putt of the lifetime everybody knows what that the putt does but to to finish in the way he did and and then obviously just to know that you're going to come up short and it's going to be yet another year for an Aussie um not to be able to to win that event and have it not to lose it there's there's a difference between probably losing an event and then having having that event not stolen because Charles still earned it but to having that opportunity sort of taken away from you out of your control, so to speak. And I think, you know, that's, you know, that's tough, but you know, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing piece of property. It's a, an amazing golf course. It's changed a lot over the years, getting longer, um, getting more difficult to play. And, and every single time I went there is like, you know, Jason say to me, why are you walking the course again? And I said, just cause I love walking the golf course. <laughs> And there's just so many subtleties out there and in the way that they prepare the golf course and the way that they prepare, you know, every hole. And, and it's just, it's, it's such a difficult golf course, especially when you're trying to win it because it's hard not to be distracted in the moment that you're in, you know, it's like you're in Augusta trying to win a golf tournament and then you, you your mind is automatically going to go to somewhere where oh that guy choked or that guy did this or this guy did that and and because it's it's there all the time and uh, and and that's what I think makes a lot of places difficult for people to get out of their own head is because they've watched that tournament they've idolized that tournament they've they've all rehearsed when they're 12 or 13 years of age on a putting grand. So oh, this is the win, the green jacket, you know, they've done that since they were probably five or six years old. So I think just all of those emotions, all of those feelings all just come to a head. And then, you know, you've really got 16, a really tough par three, 17, really difficult driving hole and, and super it's even, it's probably even tougher second shot into 17. And then now the tee shot on 18 is no snack with those two bunkers down the left and having one that, you know, if you go in, it's going to be a pitch out. And then that second shot uphill is always difficult. You know, it's, it's people just don't realize how much elevation change there is in, in uh, around Augusta, especially trying to hit it into that pin position um, on Sunday. It's, it's tough to do with, with so much, um, so much emotion and feeling to be able to put it aside and get the job done is, is difficult. And congratulations to everyone that can do it. <laughs> it's just oh such God. a, such a cool, cool place. Yeah. Well, it, cool place for caddies. What is that? Uh, the, the caddy house, like the hospitality, how, how they treat you guys. Oh, it's unbelievable that, you know, you, I, I used to always, um, I'd rent a house that week and, um, and Jace would always stay in his RV, which was right across you know, from the front gate. So I'd always go down, park at his place and then we'd walk across <laughs> together uh, or I'd, we'd come in in his car and, you know, half the time he'd come and hang in the cuddy hut, you know, the, as a lot of players do. And you see, as the week goes on, there's more and more players come in and hang out there because it's, it's really good food. They take amazing care of you. They always have the live feed going. 
So there's always golf on, you get to watch the golf and, you know, you get to just hang with your, your caddy the whole week. And it's, it's a, they do an amazing job. There's the place has never, ever got a blade of grass out of place. There's never an azalea that's not supposed to be there. You know, they, they just really, really keep and continue to refine that golf tournament to make it the best and premier golf tournament on the, on the schedule. It's, uh, I, I always love going there. I'll go again this year. Um, you know, it's hopefully I can stay out of that merchandise tent again, but you know, it, it's, it's amazing. Like every time you go there, it's like, oh, I haven't got one of those. I haven't got one of those. It's like, you know, you just keep buying stuff for friends and family. It's, it's. Have, have you dropped, cool. have you dropped a lot of money in one uh, sitting? Oh, you give uh, me yeah. an idea. I've dropped yeah. uh, 1500 at us opens, but everything's fine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fifteen hundred's not out of the out of the realm. I think if, you, if I think you know, it'd be an interesting poll on the caddies to be able to say what is your average spend when you go to Augusta National versus another major. And I'm yeah. sure you know, and that's not to say other majors obviously aren't as important, but there's something different. And for some weird reason, you get emails and texts and everything else from people that you haven't spoken to for <laughs> six months or a year, and they all suddenly like, "Hey, uh, while you're there, do you think you can get this for me?" And and but it is, it's it. They keep on expanding that thing too. It just keeps on getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and there seems to be more and more stuff in there. I don't know how they don't run out of gear, but they never do. It's um. It's it's really cool. I love I love going to the tournament. Love being a part of the tournament, and um, they just like I say, they just continue to keep improving the product. It's amazing. It is, yeah. Well, hey, Colin Swatton, really good catching up again. It's been a while, but glad you were able to join for a bit. Talk a little players. Talk a little Arnold Palmer and the great days at Augusta. Uh, but a lot of good, exciting things for you to come with PGA Tour Live, and of course, you're teaching at Berkeley Hall. Uh, over there in Hilton Head down in South Carolina. So good luck uh, with all that as well. Thanks. Thanks again. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to be on the podcast and uh, hope your listeners enjoy it. And anytime you uh, want to do it, just let me know. Thanks again. All right. Really enjoy the interview with Colin Swat. And I know you guys did too. Unbelievable insight. I think on TPC Sawgrass, some stuff we didn't really realize about what it's like on 17 during the tournament, but also outside with Tiger and, and Joey LaCava. And of course the caddies hitting their shots, that one shot of glory on the Wednesday of the players. So really, really fun stuff with Colin Swat. And hope you guys had a blast and we'll talk to you soon here on Beyond the Clubhouse.